Thank you for connecting to this podcast from Faith Renewed Outreach Center. We hope that it's an encouragement to you today. For more information, check us out online at faithrenewed.org. Let's get trained. Take your Bibles and turn to Acts 23. Acts 23. Praise God, man. I tell you, um, wow, this is just exciting. It's just exciting, man. Um, I love it, love it, love it, love it. We've got to get... Got to get these testimonies on video, man. So uh, if, you have, if you have a gift in the area of video and editing, those types of things, when we get connected, that's a, that's a need in our church. So we'd love to have you uh, kind of jump in there and help us with that. So uh, we, uh, just, again, a lot of areas you can get in and get, become a part of this thing, man. Um, so, oh, man, wow. Acts 23. You got to say amen. amen. Let's pray. God, thank you for your word. It's real. It's real. It's true. It's life. And uh, it changes our situations, God, when we put it in our hearts and uh, walk it out, Lord, by faith, God. Thank you, Lord, for what you're doing. Thank you for a church that believes this book. And Lord, help us, Lord, continue to walk it out by faith. In Jesus' name, amen. 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 Oh, man, we're in a series called 29. It has been absolutely the most funnest, incredible series I've ever just enjoyed teaching. Man, I love what God is showing us. Uh, just to encourage you to go back and listen to previous messages if you haven't heard those. It's a series on the book of Acts, 28 chapters in the book. We are 29. 29. That's us. That's the premise about what this whole thing's about. Man, we've been reading this book, letting God speak to us, and then walking out the doors and doing it. So uh, I tell you, I've never in my life uh, just read this, this book like I've been reading it lately, man. Just some of the things God's shown us through it has been incredible. Uh, it's been challenging. It's been encouraging, but it has been equipping. And, uh, and that's what I hope today uh, God will speak to you. So I'm going to give you a few things God's put on my heart. And I believe if we walk it out, man, we'll see results. Uh, Acts 23, verse 1, it says this. It says, Then Paul, looking earnestly at the council, said, Men and brethren, I have lived in all good conscience before God until this day. All right, I'm going to read just that quote again. He says, I have lived in all good conscience before God until this day. Uh, I've just been asking God to highlight things in this chapter and in this book each week, and he's highlighted a few today, and uh, the first one is this. I'd encourage you to take notes. I believe uh, the odds are a lot more likely you get into heaven if you take notes, so uh, I just encourage you to do that. And uh, so uh, number one today is this, live in good conscience. Live in good conscience. I think I had about two people that had my back on that. Live in good conscience. Maybe I should have said it with more enthusiasm. All right, that's a little better. So live in good conscience. Um, in other words, translation, uh, the, the New Terry translation, NTT, says this. Do what's right. Do what's right. Uh, this is uh, one of those things that we've kind of drifted away from in church today. Um, we're, we're, we're thankfully, praise God, at the glory and the highest man, peace on earth, good will to men, that we are, have discovered the grace of God. And uh, we're seeing how, how huge that is in the church today. And we're understanding that, and we teach that, and, man, we, we preach that, we live that. And aren't you thankful for God's grace? Oh, man, I'm just so thankful, and I praise God. Man, we teach it right here. We, we just are so just amazed by it, and, uh, and I love it, and I'm just... Again, can't, can't thank God enough for His grace, but there has to be a place, I believe, and it's something that doesn't really get discussed much in church, and it should, because it's all throughout the Bible, we need to do what's right. 
And now again, I've told you, this, this, these things, these principles have been challenging, encouraging, equipping. This may fall under, I don't know which one, but do us right. Um, how much better would just the world be if we just did what's right? I mean, we, we, we have a saying around, around our house that, you know, you can't go wrong doing right. I mean, again, my son said it the other day, you just can't go wrong doing right. When can we just come to this place to where we begin to just do these things? And I, this is what I feel. I think sometimes because of the revelation of grace, we've gotten away from the things sometimes that God's calling us to do, and we sit back and even do this sometimes in our mind because maybe an understanding of something that even the enemy can twist and says, well, you really don't have to do what's right anymore because remember that pastor said God's grace. But as I, as I read the Bible as a whole, I, I don't see those things. I see that we can be led by the Spirit of God. That we can have uh, something in us called the power and the presence of the Holy Spirit who can enable us and equip us and give us the power to move forth in obedience to what God asks us to do. So I think he's calling us. And as a church of 29, as a church who is going to be the church that moves forward and continues to operate as this book says and continue to see the miracles, it's going to take something. It's going to take a word that doesn't get said near enough. It's a word called integrity. We gotta have integrity. Uh, we we need to do this. I I'm just I'm, and this is not something again that we in any way that we say that we're better than somebody else or we're 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 above someone or we're any of these things. No, it's not. But I believe this, and I believe that the, they could see it in the book. They recognized that they had been with Jesus. They looked at these crazy ragtag group of disciples, man, just a bunch of jack legs that Jesus called out and brought forward and said, follow me. And these guys walked forth in that, man, and lived this thing out. And it was crazy. They, 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 let, they stood back and they set forth in amazement and they said, man, we can tell that they've been with Jesus. I want the world to be able to look at us and say, man, there's something different. There's something different about those guys. I don't know what it is. And it ain't because of this. They're able to count how many hairs are hanging out our nose because our nose is in the air. <laughs> I'd encourage trimming on that when you get to a certain age. It's always important to, 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 to do that. It's a great thing. It's a great gift. Just a word, word for somebody. Receive that by faith. But don't let that be the thing that they see and say you're different. No, let it be something that we can have in our life and we can walk in, and it can be something called integrity. Listen to just the definition. It says this, and it says the quality of being honest and having strong moral principles, moral uprightness. I haven't heard that much lately. You're not, you're not turning on, and I'll say it this way, you're not turning on some of the, the stations and, and seeing maybe large places, churches, maybe pastors saying that you should do this. Now, um, again, this is not a knock on anybody, but the Bible says we should do this. The Bible asks us to do it. So if Jesus asks us to do these things, we want to do this, and I, I think it's, it's so huge. And integrity is this. Integrity is what we do when no one else is looking. Okay? Integrity is what we do if nobody else sees it. And uh, I'm thankful for the people that are behind the scenes of this church. And it's just so cool. I, I'm thankful for all the ones who get up and their gifts being, being maybe highlighted sometimes and seen. But every gift and operation that works in this church is vital. It's crucial. As we step in and move forward to two services, I, I believe we're going to see even more so how important that the volunteers are and people use their gifts, especially even sometimes the ones maybe behind the scenes who aren't seen. 
But this is huge. We do this, and we do something because, again, we should do it because it's right. Listen to, listen to Zig Ziglar, man. Zig Ziglar said this. He said, with integrity, you have nothing to fear since you have nothing to hide. You have nothing to fear since you have nothing to hide. He said, with integrity, you'll do the right thing so you will have no guilt. You know why we have guilt? Because we're guilty. It's just, I mean, let's just be honest. I mean, we, let's just be real. We have guilt, and it comes over us sometimes. It's because we're guilty. Now, I'm not talking about us living some just perfect, sinless, sinless life. We could not. That's why Jesus came, because he could. And he is the only one, whoever on this earth put on skin and lived a sinless life. And he had to get on a cross and die for us, for our sin, because we couldn't do it. But this is, I believe, huge for the church. We need to step forward and just have a passion and a desire inside of us to do it because it's right. It's just, I mean, just, I mean, come on. I mean, we see this. This is huge. Paul said, I did this. I, I, I lived uh, in all good conscience before God until this day. I, I, this is so huge. I, what if we did this? What if we based our business decisions off of it being because it's right? You know, this is, this is what I should do because it's right. Um, what if we begin to bless others and do things simply because, again, you know, this is, this is right. What, what if we, you know, we pull back and we was in our workplace and we were seeing situations around us and we wanted to step forward and do something, not even because we wanted to do this, because we said, man, this might help me get up the next rung of the ladder. Now, again, nothing wrong with climbing the ladder. I believe there's elevation coming for some of you guys, man. Get ready. I'm telling you, I believe that to be true. There's going to be increase that is coming, and God's going to give you platforms, and I, I, that's awesome. But why can't we just do it because it's the right thing to do? Yeah. That's my heart, and I believe that's what God's calling us into. Now, we do these things simply because it's right. Now, look at what Paul said. Paul said, I live this this good conscience before God and before men. He said, I did this. Now, if you know about Paul, you know, you know this about him. He was passionate. Passionate. If you know his history, and we've discussed it during this, this series, he was uh, sincere about things that he did, but you know, sometimes he was sincerely wrong. He was sincerely wrong. So this is what we must do. We must base our passion in what we do in our obedience to God, doing the right thing according to what the Word says. That's huge. We go back and we look at what the Scripture tells us, and we base our decision to do what is right because of what this tells us. And so, again, it's not what somebody said to us you should do. It's not what somebody thinks we should do. It's this, what does the Bible say I should do? So let's do this. Let's do the right thing. Man, look at your neighbor. Smile when you say it because it's going to hurt. Uh, just a little bit. Just smile and say, man, do the right thing. Come on. Say, man, do the right thing. Do the right thing. I mean, again, I know that was a great point, one, to get you excited about the message today. But do the right thing. And you know what we have? Thankfully, we have this. We have the Word of God and the Holy Spirit to guide us. We, we have the Word of God. We have the power of the Holy Spirit to guide us. So we don't have to base our beliefs, again, according to what we feel. We can base it across of what Scripture says. And this is good news. And I love this. 2 Timothy 2.13 says this. If we're faithless, He remains faithful. He remains faithful. Because this is what's going to happen. You will not always get it right. 
It's going to happen. You're going to get it wrong. This is when we go back and say, God, thank you for grace. God, I was an idiot, man. The Lord, I, man, I was a... I was that person. And uh, so, Lord, thank you for grace. And I do this. But, man, God, let a desire be in me and, and just a hunger to do what's right, man, and move forward in this area. Do what's right. It's huge. And this is, this is huge. The next as we begin to step into, we see this story. If you understand what's happening here, this is Paul has been tortured and beaten and all these things. And he's brought before this council. And he's getting up and he's saying this word. And then he's getting judged because of what he has done, even the right thing. He's getting judged, and then we drop down, and for time, I want to drop down to verse 11. I want you to look at what verse 11 says. This is so cool. When you do the right thing, I promise you, you'll you'll experience something. You'll experience something. The guilt and the enemy won't be able to work with you in those areas when 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 you walk this out. But something beautiful happens. Something very beautiful happens. And again, again, because of grace, we can experience him in this same light even when we're wrong. But listen to this. I think this is what produces things in our life. Verse 11 says this. The following night, the Lord stood by him and said, this is, this is the, Jesus speaking to Paul. He says this. Be of good cheer, Paul, for as you have testified for me in Jerusalem, so you must also bear witness at Rome. Point two is this today. It's going to be all right. It's going to be all right. The, the Message Bible says that verse like this. In verse 11 of Acts 23, the Message paraphrase says this. It said, that night the master appeared to Paul and he said this. He said, it's going to be all right. How incredible is it to have Jesus walk into your room and walk into your situation and say those words to you. Wow. That you, that you get to a place in life, and, and this, is what's, this is what's beautiful, that you can just trust him. And then there's going to be situations arise, there's going to be testings and things come against you to try to bring you down, but you can come to the place in your life where you say this, you know something, it's, it's going to be all right. I just trust that. I, I love that. I was, I was thinking about this and this principle, and I already had this point, but I forgot about this story. And, and God kind of reminded me this morning uh, as I was just praying and just reading over my notes about me saying those exact words to someone. And uh, uh, some of you know the story, but back in May, uh, I was getting ready to go take a jog. I was about, it was about 6.30. Pastor Chris and I were here at the church. And uh, we were outside. He was setting the volleyball net up to get ready to have some fellowship with the, with the youth. And um, I'd walked out. I had my shorts on, shirt on. I was getting ready to go take a run. And what I did was this. I was out there and just picking up some trash and just kind of straightening up outside. And I was talking to Pastor Chris. And I did this. I bent over. And when I stood back up, I had a vein rupture in my brain. Don't, I don't recommend that. <laughs> Ever. All, avoid all brain ruptures in the brain. In the brain. So that's what happens, what you say when that happens. Avoid that at all costs. I didn't even realize, but Pastor Chris actually said I actually kind of winced and yelled out in, in gr- grimace and pain and, and just, you know, just it was tough and what I felt. And immediately just I've never experienced a pain like that, just what had happened. They said the blood uh, came out of the vein, went inside between the brain and the cranial wall and put intense pressure, very similar to what an aneurysm looks like, uh, same, same symptoms and signs of those types of things. And, um, and, and I went past Chris, and I, I, don't forget, I don't forget this. My mind was still working clear enough. 
I went up, and he was on the hill on the grass, and I said, bro, something's wrong. I said, but we got to pray. That's my first, first thing. I said, man, we got to pray. And I remember him, him, him praying and grabbing hold of me, and he was like, man, what, what's going on? I said, I don't know. I said, just pray. Something's hurt, and we prayed, and I left. And um, I tried to just in every way I could just avoid having to go to the hospital and those sorts of things. Matter of fact, got home. My wife was, uh, she was kind of in that wife mode when something's going on with the one she loves. And, and uh, I walked in, and I was not the typical color I am right now. She said I was just gray, and you could tell, and I was in excruciation pain, and it was ugly. And um, the, for the next two hours, kind of resisted her urge to go to the hospital. Her, she's got background, and she was just saying, this is signs of aneurysm, we need to go right now, whatever, finally she gave me an ultimatum, and we, end up, we, we ended up there. <laughs> just going to leave it at that. We ended up there. And, uh, yeah, yeah. And I'm, I'm thankful because it helped, and uh, they, they was able to give me a little thing, man, it was pretty cool stuff. And, uh, <laughs> again, I don't recommend that unless... Someone who really should be giving that to you gives you that. But uh, it was nice. And uh, so it, it helped out. But I remember this. Um, they did testing on me, and they realized what had happened. And they actually did a, a lumbar punch, which is no fun again. Don't recommend it. Uh, and found the blood inside my body that had been released from my brain. And what had happened was the continued pressure got worse. And so um, they said this. They said, we don't want to scare you. And this was their words. They said, we don't want to scare you. We want to prepare you for what you're going to experience. This was at uh, Hillcrest, and they said, we're going to send you by ambulance to Greenville Memorial. There's going to be people rushing the room, and there's going to be lots come on, all this kind of stuff, sort of telling us all this stuff. Mike was there, Mike Limbaugh, and I thank you, bro, for being by my side. And, and, and they said these words, and they were saying all this stuff, but it just something resonated in my heart. Again, God reminded me of it today. I used the exact words that Jesus spoke that day. And they started telling me that they was, had called in, and they did. We got there. I got to meet him when I got to Greenville Memorial. I met the chief neurosurgeon. And, uh, and so he come in, and, um, you know, they said, we're going to prepare you for what's probably getting ready to take place. And they were going to do brain surgery on me. And um, but I said something when he said those words. He started saying this. And I looked at him, and I said, you know what? I said, it's going to be all right. Yeah. And uh, medical field, some folks just operate purely medical, and I'm thankful for medical, the medical field. And we have doctors and nurses. I'm just thankful. For keep, thank you for what you're doing. But sometimes, again, people of faith, regardless of whatever it is, feel that you're in. Some people don't understand those words. And I said, it's going to be all right. And they said, well, that's good. Positive thinking is, is good. <laughs> and, I, and he said, I, you don't understand. It's been, you know, uh, I've been doing this for 23 years. And in 23 years, I know what's getting ready. To, and I was like, damn. 23 years, my Jesus on the cross 2,000 years ago. Your math, my math. Some don't. Ma- but I was on some good stuff at the time, so I smiled when I said it. I said, you know, it's going to be all right. And, man, this is what my wife did. She sent out prayer. And this church began to pray, and another testimony of prayer. And this is what God can do. And I tell you, it was amazing. By the time I got to Memorial, I'd already witnessed to the uh, ambulance and the ambulance driver, and the guy was taking care of me, man. So uh, it was just had everybody trying to get everybody I could save, man, on my way to, to Green Memorial. And so we get there, and it was exciting, man. Of course, we come in, they start doing these other tests, and they come back, and they're saying, we can't find now what we could find before. And they couldn't understand it. And they says, well, because of the difficulty, we know how bad this is going to be. And they said this. They said, you're going to be here for five days. We're going to give you medications. And for medication, then we're going to send some medications home because of the pain, this and that, or whatever. And long story short, which really wasn't that short. I kind of told you everything. 
But this happened. I went home the next day with no pain medication. To God be the glory. And thank you for your prayers. And it's because this, you have to come to a place where it's going to be all right. Well, what if, what if, Pastor, what if you would have left? It's going to be all right. Because I'd open up my eyes one day and I'd see Jesus. So listen, we have to come to this place. You know how much easier you would sleep at night? Come on, this is for somebody. I'm just, grab this word, this is for somebody. When, if you would sleep so much better at night, when you know, man, all hell's broken loose that day in your life, and you've seen so much junk go on, you've seen so much mess, but you're going to be able to lay your head on your pillow at night because of some words that says this, I know God's word is true, and it's going to be all right. You have to just come to get, get that settled in your mind. It's going to be all right. Romans 8, 28 says this. He says that we know that all things work together for the good of those who love God and to those who are the called according to his purpose. So I want to ask you two questions. Do you love God? And are you the called according to his purpose? If so, go ahead and settle in your heart and mind. Don't let the devil tell you anything else. It's going to be all right. It's going to be all right, man. This, is, this too is going to pass, and it's going to be okay, man. God's going to show up. And the third thing is this today, and we see it here, and it's beautiful in Scripture, is this. God will even use your enemies to bless you. God can use your enemies to bless you. And this is, this is, this is huge. Give me, man, give me five minutes. Let me get this in. This is huge. Verse 12. Let's pick this up. Verse 12 says this. It says, and when it was day, some of the Jews banded together and bound themselves under an oath, saying that they would neither eat nor drink till they had killed Paul. Now listen, this is again, Jesus spoke to him and gave him a word. He said, you are a witness for me. You are faithful. It's going to be all right. I'm going to use you somewhere else now. Look at what takes place. This is the coolest thing in this story. I've never seen it until now. He says, now there were more than 40 who had formed this conspiracy. They had came to the chief priests and elders and said, we have bound ourselves under a great oath that we will eat nothing until we have killed Paul. Now you therefore together with the council suggest to the commander that he be brought down to you tomorrow as though you were going to make further inquiries concerning him, but we are ready to kill him before he comes near. So when Paul's sister, uh, son heard of the ambush, he went and entered the barracks and told Paul. Then Paul called one of his centurions to him and said, Take this young man to the commander, for he has something to tell him. So he took him and he brought him to the commander and he said, Paul, the prisoner, called me to him and asked me to bring this young man to you. He has something to say to you. Then the commander took him by the hand, went aside and asked him privately, what is it that you have to tell me? And he said, the Jews have agreed to ask that you bring Paul down to the council tomorrow as though they were going to inquire more fully about him. But do not yield to them, for more than uh, 40 of them lie in wait for him, men who have bound themselves by an oath that they will neither eat nor drink till they have killed him, and now they are ready waiting for the promise from you. So the commander let the young man depart and commanded him, Tell no one uh, that you have uh, revealed these things to me. And he called for two centurions, this is awesome, saying, prepare 200 soldiers, 
70 horsemen and 200 spearmen to go to Caesarea at the third hour of the night and provide mounts to set Paul on and bring him safely to Felix, the governor. I know I just said a lot to you, but I want you to see what just happened here. In this story, Paul was getting ready to be ambushed by the 40 guys who then took an oath that they were going to fast until Paul was dead. They wanted to make sure they were going to take him out. The enemy was set up for him, but listen to what happened. God had given him a word that he was going to use him in Rome. And you know when you get a word from God that God's going to use you somewhere, you know what he's going to do? He's going to use you somewhere. And so if you let him, if you put yourself in a position, and you watch what happens here, this is incredible. The enemy paid for it. Like I said, I've never read some of this stuff and really realized what was happening here. In the story, the guys that were sitting there out to take him out, and they had the commander come forth, and look, they had this, they had 40 dudes that were lying in wait and were going to take him out when the time come and when he stepped forward. And look at what, let's say this, look at what the enemy paid for. The enemy paid for two centurions, 200 soldiers, 70 horsemen, and 200 spearmen. Not only did Paul go to Rome, Paul went with a full-paid bodyguard staff all around him. He had everything taken care of. He had people that was lying in wait, ready to have his back, and it was paid for by the enemy. In verse 23, uh, verse 24, and the message says this. It says, and you'll need a couple of mules for Paul and his gear. Not only did he go there, he was able to carry all his stuff. They provided the donkeys for it. There's a word now for somebody right now. Enemy will provide the donkeys to get you to your next level if you let him. And so just somebody receive it. And, and, and it will carry your stuff for you. And if you see how huge this is, God will elevate you and, any, and the enemy will pay the bill. Listen, I'm telling you, it is amazing what happens. And if you do this, if you see this, if you see your attack of the enemy as a thing that will take you forward, you know what you'll do? You'll sit back and say, it's going to be all right. It's going to be all right. And, and, and this is amazing, and this is how we are, this is how we're geared. If you'll think about it, there's been times when enemies try to take you out. There's been situations, and he's used people and different things. But if you look at it, that's been the very motivator that's pushed you forward. Maybe you can say it's wrong or whatever we want to say, or that's, man, that's bad reason to do something or whatever it is. But listen, if you do this, there's some of you been had a great attack by people, and you've been hit, and you've been hit hard, or whatever, but if you're honest, and you're real, you know you've done this, you've let that thing be the thing that's really got you up in the morning, and kept you going, you let that thing be the thing sometimes, when you wanted to quit, and when you wanted to give up, you let that be the very thing that caused you to get up, and move forward, listen to me, God will use the enemies to bless you, there was a Goliath, the big giant, put in front of a teenage boy, and God used that enemy to bless David and elevate him, put him in position. Stay with me if you would, please. Man, I said a lot to y'all in a little bit of time. That was some stuff right there. Listen to this quote. Winston Churchill said this. You have enemies? You have enemies? Good. That means this. You've stood up for something sometime in your life. Ha. You've stood up for something sometime in your life. Psalms 23.5 says this. He says, you prepare a table 
before me in the presence of my enemies. So this is, this is awesome, man. Somebody needs to get this. I just want you, if you would, bow your hands for just a moment. Just close your eyes. Listen to me. Please grab this. Because, listen, today there's enemies around you. Listen, that might be the, you're getting ready to have the greatest spread. You're getting ready to receive the greatest meal. Maybe getting ready to receive the greatest blessing, whatever it is. He said he'll set a table before you, right, in the very presence of the enemies. And this is how God works, man. This is how he works. He'll put you in that place, and he'll elevate you. And this is what this is why it will happen. Those enemies will have to see it. They'll have to see it, and they'll see the hand of God working in your life, and they'll get to see what happens there. <laughs> wow. So as we do this, as we get ready to just, I don't know, I, just, I want God to do what he wants to do, and only what he can do. Do what only he can do. I said three things to you this morning. And I believe there are people in, in those three areas that God wants to do something specific in. First one is this, man. Live in good conscience. And I feel this so strong. And I don't, let, don't let the clock stop this. Please don't let this clock stop what God was getting ready to do if you let him. There's some of you that have areas that you've been wanting to live in good consciousness, but the enemy has had you bound in certain areas. God wants to set you free today. He wants to set you free today. There's strongholds and addictions, and there's things that have been during the time of the Spirit of God and presence of praise and worship during this room. There were enemies that were just literally, just I mean, just wincing, so, so, so scared, and they were having to pull back. Listen, Listen, when you leave this atmosphere, the enemy is still going to be there. But this is what God can do for you. He can set you free from it. Now, this is not we're saying, oh, man, we're going to be some perfect person. No, this is saying we believe we have a perfect God who can set us free and deliver us from all adversity. So, Father, right now, speak to hearts. Speak to hearts. Speak to hearts. If there's some areas that you just know, man, God's wanting to set you free from. It could be fear. It could be fear. It could be sickness. It could be uh, financial struggle. It could be some form of addiction, a stronghold of any kind. Listen, God wants to set you free. And Scripture says when you're free, you, you, by Him, you're free indeed. So, Father, right now, speak to every heart. Speak to every heart. For some of you, man, you've, you're going through a difficult time. There's something happening, and God wants to just say these words to you. It's going to be all right. He wants you to keep going. Trust Him. It's going to be all right. There's some of you that are facing enemies, and there's things that are battles that you're in right now. Listen, that was a word for you today. God's going to use that situation to turn around and bless you. Father, thank you for speaking to us today.